1: We have Andre Knott. Andre, good to talk with you, my friend. Good to be talked to. How are you today, Mac? I'm good, my friend. I'm good, my friend. First of all, happy uh, Mother's Day to the family.
0: Thank you, thank you. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. hope all of them are having a great day and raise kids like Mac Robinson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, thank you. And so, you know, Andre, let's start things off because, you know, I was there covering uh, the, the doubleheader for the, for the station last night, and it felt like tale of two pitchers essentially on the mound because you know obviously you have you know former you know Cy Young Award winner in, in uh in Shane Bieber but Shane Bieber didn't necessarily look like himself and in, in game one but in game two Tristan McKenzie looked downright dominant you know throughout most of that start right um and maybe a little bit of uh issues early on but you know, what did you think of, of Bieber and the, and the start to this year? Do you have any concern with him? And then what have your thoughts been on McKenzie uh, throughout this yeah, well, season so far?
0: I know I think it's funny that you ask. I think um, obviously with Bieber, because he's coming back from the injuries, I think a lot of people are still, you know, curious as to where he's at right now. Um, but I think when you look at when you look at the overall experience of what he went through last year, I think he's going to be fine. Um, now, is he throwing as hard as he threw last year? I was just dropping off my luggage. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> is, is, he, is he where he was at when he won the Cy Young? No. Um, is he feeling pain? No. I think yesterday was just one of those situations. He just didn't have it. And I know until, until we see him go out and throw a no-hitter or go out and dominate <laughs> like he did two years ago, there's going to be questions. Um, that's a really good lineup. It was cold. It was windy in the first game. The weather was worse in the first game than the second game. I'm not overly concerned. Um, I think this town is funny because it's funny. I, I, after I got done with the meeting and I, and I was reading Twitter and I saw somebody say, oh, you should, you should trade him. You should trade him now. <laughs> and I'm like, well, why don't we settle in and let's see where he's at and what's going on with him because he still has some of the best off-speed pitches in baseball. He still is a guy that, you know, it's funny. Before yesterday's game, you know, I did a thing with uh, Shane, and we kind of went through, like, when he made his first start, what the rotation was. And then I broke down because Clev was here this week. You know, I, I, you know, I said, you know, Clev was in front of you. Bauer was in front of you. Kluber was in front of you. Cookie was in front of you. And all those guys are in different places. So, I think when you look at the success of Tristan McKenzie and you look at the success of Savali and some of these other guys, um, it goes back to Shane being the leader of this rotation. Uh, And I think sometimes, yes, we only can figure out or pay attention to what they do every fifth day. But there's a lot more that goes into leading a rotation, and he's doing that. And I think that plays into um, McKenzie's maturity and McKenzie's growth. I mean, McKenzie is still um, – it feels like because of these last two years, we've had like this weird connection or non-connection to our team because of, you know, with COVID, not being able to go to parks and 60-game seasons and all the other crap that we've dealt with. But Tristan McKenzie is still – really an infant when it comes to being a big leaguer, right? And he, you know, all the talk of velocity and everything else, he's the one that's throwing the hardest out of all the pitchers in the the Guardians rotation. He has a chance to be great. I had a guy tweet me last night and said, you know, why can't he win a Cy Young? I think he can win more than just one Cy Young. He has the ability with those long levers um, to make really good hitters look uncomfortable, and we saw that last night for six innings.
1: Now, Andre, I, I got to ask you, too, because I brought it up last segment. And I wrote about it on 93thefan.com. But, you know, one of the guys that's really surprised me for how much he's really kind of taken that next step this year has been Andres Jimenez. And the way yeah. that, you know, he's already he was already billed as a great defender. But the way that he's been, uh, you know, killing it at the plate and, and just absolutely tearing the cover off the ball, uh, getting on base, you know. What have your thoughts been on Jimenez, and do you think that at a certain point we need to have a conversation about him being the everyday starting shortstop?
0: Yeah, I do. I think that's inevitable. That's going to happen. Um, I think the the injury to Gabriel Arias kind of slows down you know, him being there, obviously, because he's out for six to eight weeks, and then you know he's going to have to rehab after that. Um, I love where Jimenez is right now. He's comfortable. He's this is the player that the Guardians traded for. Um, because last year, and he admitted to me, last year he just wasn't himself. I'll say this. It's funny because in spring training last year, I was in Tito's office with Matt Underwood. And when we were talking about different players and different guys that, that he liked, Andre Jimenez was the first guy he said. He goes, guys, I love him because he gets the ball all over the place. He doesn't just fall in love with, with, you know, trying to pull the ball. And he was the exact opposite when he got to the big leagues last year. And he admitted that to me last night. He was like, I wasn't myself last year. I tried to do too much. I tried to prove myself. And it's crazy to hear that because Tito all, Tito all along had told Underwood and I, hey, this kid has got a chance to be good because he uses every, all the fields. Now, I know this from being around him, um, that he kind of got in, I don't know what's the word, infatuated with Jose Ramirez. He looked at Jose and figured I'm bigger than him. I got just as strong an arm as him. Why can't I go out and hit 30, 40 home runs like, like Jose Ramirez? Well, he found out the hard way and found out in a good way why Jose Ramirez is one of the best baseball players in America. Are in this world, uh, because just because you're taller than him and just because you feel like you're stronger than him, that doesn't mean that you're going to be able to do what he does. And I think it's taken a season, and remember, he's only 21 years old last year, but I think it's taken him to realize he's got to find out how he best fits and not try to be someone else. And I think he's back to figuring that out, and it's been beautiful because, look, no one said he had to be Lindor. No one expected him to be Lindor, but what he's been able to do Gives this organization and gives this city hope that you may have a special, special young man in the middle of the diamond for a long time.
1: Now, he was a part of that Lindor trade. One of the other, you know, middle, infi- one of the other infielders that's really kind of taken off from one of their, uh, trade, uh, trades that they had a couple of years ago with Mike Clevenger it has been Owen Miller and a- yeah. absolutely just nails on-, on the field. Um, and again, great doubleheader yesterday for him as well. But, when you look at Owen Miller and him kind of taking that step up this year, do you think that you're kind of seeing that comfort factor for him, you know, not having to worry about going up and going down uh, last year and kind of getting comfortable at the major league level? Oh, for
0: sure. I think that's what you're seeing with all these young guys. I think when you talk about any of these young guys that are having success right now, you're seeing a group of young men that now trust and believe that they fit. I think, I think we, you know, we all go through this in life, whether it be you doing radio or television or anything else. You're gonna be a lot better when you have the comfort and you feel like you belong and you and you should be there, for whatever reason. Oh, this is the Owen, the Owen Miller we're seeing right now. Was the Owen Miller we saw in spring training last year? That hit the ball all over the place. Um, he blew you away because you're like, man, if, if this can be a guy in the middle of the lineup, um, this is gonna be great. That, but the big leagues are hard, man. And I think it's easy for us to look at minor league numbers. Um, you know, I heard Jason Lloyd the other day bring, bring up Nolan Jones, and I wasn't trying to be mean. I was like, Lloyd. He hasn't played in two years. Like, like, <laughs> he's not close. He's not, and I keep, hearing, I keep hearing Jeff Phelps say his name. And I'm, and I'm like, and I'm only seeing people on the station and I'm not putting them down. But it's like, those, he, Nolan, Nolan Jones is not, is not close. You know, he's still got to go through all of spring. He's still got to get, he's got to get healthy. And he's not healthy yet. So if even talk about him and talk about the chances of him, there's slim and none. But with a guy like Owen, Owen Miller, the chances are high that he's going to get ready to take off because he's had health. Because he's now gone through a year where he struggled and had to really figure out and find himself. So there's a big difference in where he's at. I think infield-wise, they're still going to always work with him. He's not a natural infielder per se, uh, but he's worked his ass off to be able to play second and first, and it's been huge for them so far.
1: Now, Andre, you mentioned the fact that he can play second, he can play first. I know he's played third in the past and outfield a little bit. There's a lot of versatility when it comes to this Guardians team, and I know that's that's no stranger, at least for Terry Francona, who likes to kind of mix and match. But do you think that at least when it comes to a lot of hey, these hey, let young, st-
0: let me let me let me stop let me stop you with something because you guys say you guys say stuff all the time. Yeah, if it was up to Terry Francona, he'd have a set nine lineup. It's not that he <laughs> loves it, it's what he's given. I, I, seriously, cause I hear people that think they know how Tito works and how he, how he uses and who he doesn't use. <laughs> no, he uses what he gets. And what he gets is he has to use versatility is what I would say to you on this, in this day. I, I'm, not, I'm not putting you down back. Cause I know everybody says it, mm-hmm. but I wanted to just get some facts out there. If it was up to Tito, he would have a set eight, nine guys like he did in Boston and go out and kick butt and win a world <laughs> series. Hey,
1: I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you putting it out there. <laughs> and, you know, Andre, do you think that at least with these young players, with them having to play these multiple positions, do you think that adds on like an added level of pressure, at least for these guys to not only get used to the major league level, but also kind of get used to playing these different positions across the diamond?
0: Oh yeah. I think it, I think it's another, it's another hurdle. Um, because, and you know, and, and to be honest, the two you guys you're talking about, and this is ballpark sound, so excuse me if people are yelling. <laughs> um, I think that's part of, part of the, the, I don't want to say issue, but part of putting the team together right now and the two guys you just talked about. I talked to Mike Sarbo about this yesterday, about dealing with Andre Jimenez and dealing with Owen Miller and how much playing other – he was like, absolutely. Them playing other positions um, plays into how good or bad they are. He said that sometimes it's really tough to get on a guy when you know he's struggling at a position or struggling at the plate, and then you're trying to teach him how to play two different positions. I mean, Owen Miller made a hell of a play yesterday at first base uh, on a ball from him it. And that goes to before the game yesterday, you know, Mike Sarbaugh was like, hey, we had yesterday off. We had two days of golf. I know we had a doubleheader, but you guys need to go out there. And we need to do some infield practice. So, yes, I think if, in the long run, it helps. But when you got young players, that are trying to learn multiple positions and find their way in a big leagues, That's difficult, man. And, and somehow they're getting a little bit better of overcoming it right now.
1: Well, the other the other side of this too, we've been talking about the infield, but I want to talk about the outfield a little bit because you know Stephen Kwan, obviously star rookie uh, outfielder, and Myles Straw still plays phenomenally in center field as well. But I feel like with that right field spot, you're getting a little bit of uh, you you kind of are getting that mix and match where you get you know Fran Mel Reyes going out there every couple of days, uh, you get Oscar Mercado going out there, Richie Palacios played in left field with Kwan and right a little bit yesterday as well. You know, what do you think about the outfield, and where do you think that they kind of look to for that as well?
0: Well, I think they still need to develop a guy or two, most likely, um, to be completely honest. But, uh, like you said, right field hasn't been figured out completely in any stretch of the imagination. So they have to figure that out one way or the other. But I think they will. I'm not, you know, I I mean, I think I like them playing Framel out there. I thought DeMarlo Hale did a great job last year in kind of forcing him and telling him, like, we're going to make you play – Right field, so you're not a DH for your whole career. I like that. Obviously, he's not going to play every single game in right field. Then Mercado right now is fighting and finding his way of where he fits. So, how they deal with that situation and go about it will be very interesting. Now, is there, you know, is Richie going to be a guy that can play right field down the road? Uh, is Quan a right fielder down the road? We'll have to see. Um, but I think that's a position that. They-
1: now, uh, Andre, I also wanted to ask you here today too because. Sorry, sorry, Andre, uh, lost you there for a little bit. Um, no, I'm in
0: a clubhouse as well. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> oh, no, you're good. You're good. Um, so, out of anything, you know, today you're going to have Connor Pilkington probably on the mound here for the Guardians uh, coming coming up at 140 or so. Um, what do you expect out of Pilkington? Because I'll be honest, from seeing him come out of the bullpen, I've been really impressed. I know that they got him mid-season last year uh, and sent him to Double A in that Cesar Hernandez deal, but... What, do you, what do you, what have you thought about Pilkington, and what do you expect with him today, especially stretching him out from that relieving role to, uh, to starting?
0: Strike throwers, the first thing I would say, Mac, uh, I think that's what he's done his whole career. Um, so, I, you know, I, I mean, let's be honest. He'll probably get three, four innings, and it's probably just a bullpen game. Probably see Eli Morgan after is what I would guess. I don't know that for certain, but that would be my guess is that this is just kind of a bullpen game, and they're going to hope to go through the lineup one time. Uh, with him, if they can do that, that'd be great. Uh, and if you think about it, you aren't Cesar Hernandez wasn't coming back here. And if Connor can build upon that, that's great. I think the other thing that they're worried about is going on this road trip and going to Chicago and going to Minnesota. You don't want to kill the bullpen. So I think it's more, and this is just me gathering stuff. I think it's more of that than anything else. I'm not going to sit here and say that this is the, <laughs> this is the beginning of the Connor's uh, <laughs> younger attempts. Right. <laughs> I just think this is a bullpen game where he can give you innings and if he can get through the lineup one time. Um, that's huge for this team. So if he can give you three innings, nine hitters, ten hitters, I think that's what they're looking for, in my opinion.
1: Now, uh, Andre, I also I, I want to ask you here this as well. Um, you know, at least when it comes to the way that this lineup has kind of been been built up, uh, especially, you know, in, in the, the current state of the MLB where we've talked about and we, we've you know, seen reports about the MLB, you know, deadening the ball. Um and lowering the, the power output that we've seen from some of these main power hitters in the league, do you think that the Guardians are a little bit ahead of the curve because of the fact that they have these guys that are, you know, contact-oriented, whether it be Jimenez, whether it be yeah. Quan, among others?
0: Yeah, but I don't want to go there, Mac. The balls yesterday sucked, and that's part of the reason <laughs> every pitcher hated the balls yesterday. I'm just being honest. Yeah, I know where you're going with the question. The question, I, I get what you're saying. Yes, but the balls are going to be messed with again. The game. They're, at some point in time... The power will come from it. What bothers me, and what bothers the team, and what bothered the Toronto Blue Jays, and Bob bothered Bieber and everybody else, the balls stink, and there's no consistency to them. You can't pitch them the right way, and whatever the hell else they're doing, it's a joke. This is a national. This is this is a major league baseball. This isn't the little league, the league that plays around the corner that they continue to change the balls and have no consistency with the balls is a joke. And it has to change immediately because I hear you about the ball flying or not flying to me. I don't care about that part as much as I care is like pitchers can't grab them and hold them. Now yesterday the wind was bad. The weather was cold. I get all of that, but to have this deal with what we saw yesterday with the starting pitchers throwing out ball after ball after ball, that's a joke and not what this league is supposed to be like.
1: Yeah. And, and I completely agree with you there on that one. And Andre, I'll get you out of here with this one. Okay. Um, I talked about it last last segment, and I noticed it last night, and it really aggravated the hell out of me. I I was somebody who, you know, I I defended the shift to an extent um, and maybe tried to find a middle ground. But yesterday, I think it was in game two. It might have been late in game one, but seeing Jose go up to the plate and seeing a second baseman take true right field and have four outfielders out there. It's too far, man. It's too far. It, it, like, just uh, What are your thoughts on it, and can we get this fast track, please? <laughs> it's
0: going to get fast-tracked. I know Mike Sarbaugh said it's a joke. It's going to be gone in a year, but you know what? We calculated it yesterday. I'm not a big fan of it, but we calculated it yesterday. It did work. It worked more than it didn't work against against Jose Ramirez. I mean, here's the deal that I would say to you. I don't love it, but I want to say this. What if the NFL told us you couldn't run a nickel or a dime defense? What if in basketball you couldn't run a zone defense? You couldn't run a 2-3 or 2-1-2 or any of the defenses you run in basketball? I think as baseball fans, I, I don't like it, but I don't like telling a professional team what it can and can't do. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, no, that because, makes sense. Because here's the deal. Because here's the deal. If the Cavs are playing, or if the Browns are playing, I'll do the Browns since that's all you guys do is talk about football. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, but everybody else at your station. I got you. Um, but um, if, if, let's say that, like, like, if we told the NFL, like, hey, you couldn't play a dime defense. But the other team, but the Steelers are running four wide receivers and five wide receivers. What sense would that make? Like, you know, if the other team is doing something, why can't you defend it a certain way? The whole point of it is that pisses everybody off and makes you mad. If they're going to play like that, take advantage of it. And that's where the frustration comes in. You talk about the baseballs and how people are hitting. You talk about the defenses that are being played. So when is the adjustment going to be made by the guy with the bat in his hand? Because I swear, if you slap the ball the other way enough and you keep getting enough doubles and triples and singles the other way, I guarantee that I'll bring his ass inside and play in the infield.
1: Yeah, and Andre, you bring up great points, as you always do. I always appreciate having you on, my friend, and uh, thank you so much. Looking forward to having you on again.
0: Appreciate you, Mac. Have a good one, Mac. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.